Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and who, sir, are you? I am the producer, Matt Duncan, and I'm here. I'm having a good time. And Fred, uh, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, especially after that big win uh, yesterday against the Milwaukee Bucks. When, when people are listening to this, it will be the 18th. We'll be going up against the Bucks again. Uh, but feeling, you know, more confident. Yeah, I mean, the, they're on quite a skid, right? They're losing four games straight now, so obviously. It's kind of fun to see how we can rattle Giannis a little bit, you know, like you could tell, like, I think after the game, he just kind of sat down in the chair and was kind of like st- staring at the heavens for a bit, which usually they like walk off and shake hands and that's it. But he was like <laughs> being very dramatic, if I may say, which, uh, which I don't I'm so I'm so happy you brought that up because it actually didn't come up in the podcast. And I, I, I kind of remarked in that in my head. I'm like, is this Giannis's like, you know, beginning of Prometheus moment? Yeah. Like why? You know what I mean? Like he really went to his own space and like, yeah, kinda, yeah. I, you know, looked up to the heavens or into his soul or like, you know, it was definitely. Did something. he leave or did they just shut the lights off in the arena at the end of the night? And he was still there just. You know, like when Kyle was having that bad game a few years ago and he was like in the gym taking shots with the hoodie on, like (laughs) did Giannis leave or was he practicing a type of mindfulness we don't even understand yet? Yeah. Yeah. Like 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 was he on Mars like Dr. Manhattan thinking? (laughs) Um but uh that's 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 some good ramble lead in. Matt, if people want to find us, um you know, find us, share us, help us. us. All the goods. Yeah. Uh, where where my cool toque? Oh, yeah. We got, okay, so like first off, we're brought to you by the Sonar Network. Go to thesonarnetwork.com. Uh, and, you know, we've got links on our website at uh, dunkspodcast.com for all our podcatchers. And, you know, our social media places have uh, those fun little uh, uh, link trees that everyone's doing these days. So, like, you can just go there and click and, like, you know, we've got our link for Patreon, all the podcatchers, and and uh, e- even our YouTube. If you want to see me wearing this uh, Jay Leno collection denim shirt for this episode, uh, you can check us out on YouTube and see our fantastic guests as well. Because, you know, we've got some big deals. we got some uh, 22 men in the house. we got a little Great Canadian Bake in the house. So, you know, maybe uh, that's going to, we're going to be pumped up a little bit on that YouTube. You know, the, the subscriptions are going up. And uh, it's only going to be, I don't know, uh, a few more. We're going to get that silver trophy in the mail, Fred. For uh, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love your enthusiasm. Um, shout out to to YouTube because, yeah, we do get some big deals. Uh, a lot of people like to remark on my Christmas tree. Have a look. That's true. Yeah, you do want to see the Christmas tree. Like Fred is the last person in the city of Toronto to have his tree up. So it's kind of cool if you want to see that. And it brings a lot of cheer 
And, and yeah, like, I mean, we've got toques as well. Let's not forget about the bloody toques. I haven't seen any change to the inventory, so we still got lots left. It's cold out there. Uh, I, I went out today and I swear, uh, uh, my ear fell off. Yeah. So if you can find Matt's ear, please <laughs> give it back to him. If you're a little kid playing a joke and it's gone too far, yeah. remember that people do need their ears. Yeah. Um, and the toques will keep you warm, uh, anti-itch of course. And, uh, you know, we want to go deep. Uh, I don't know. Did you mention the Patreon? Yeah. I think I just if, said that we got a link oh, on there yeah. too. We got the Shopify link. The, the old link tree. Pardon yeah. me. Check out that link tree. It's a lot of fun. Everybody's using link trees now and it just like contains, it's like a nice fancy bologna sandwich from the nineties. You know, it's got Forest. all the good stuff. Forest for the link trees. They always <laughs> say. Um, and yeah, I think, I think we're, we're pretty much good to go. And as always, uh, please email your city councilors, mm-hmm. uh, defund the police and black lives matter. And Maddie, if, if you feel like we're, we're good to go and, and get this podcast rolling, please give me those sweet words, okay. Okay. Okay, here we go. Guest number one. I'm very excited to have him. I believe he's in the east coast of Canada right now, uh, likely snowed in, uh, likely more safe than me um, in Toronto, but that's okay. Uh, I I do wish that um, the east coast of Canada was handling the uh, pandemic response for all of Canada, but I digress. Uh, This guy is such a good stand-up. Um, he was running one of my favorite shows before, before kind of the shit hit the fan here at Lalo, uh, Lalo laughs. Uh, it was incredible. I love doing stand up there. He's an incredible writer. Uh, right now he's working with this hour is 22 minutes. Uh, make sure you check out his, uh, top video right now with, uh, Brandon Ash Muhammad, also a hilarious comedian. Uh, <laughs> I just did this intro, but I think this one's actually better. Give it up for Mr. Noisy, Foisy, <laughs> even if you're at home alone, Jordan Foisy, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. A little bit of a, a little bit of a whiff on the end, I want to say. The first time Noisy with Foisy. Yeah. Mr. Noisy Foisy. <laughs> All I can say is, if, if you're like me and you have ADD, when, yeah. when you get excited, you know, you see that thing coming, right? And, and, and this time it was, it was the word noisy and it was like, you know, it's like hiding and I'm like, okay, I, are you going to come when I need you or are you just going to show up? And, (laughs) and it just showed right up. Um, But uh, thank you. you I loved it. I loved it. No, of course. Love it to be here. Having a great time in the bubble. No snow rains all the time here. I played basketball in like February. Oh, outside. Okay. Well, um, Uh, Halifaxians, I, I'm sorry. I don't understand your weather. I was making assumptions. Um, you probably don't have Chinooks either. I'm assuming, uh, but you know, let's, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, usually his intro is simple for me. He is, uh, the best basketball player I know in real life. And he Mm. robbed me in a game of bump. Okay, Rob, me hard and I'll never forget it. Um, no, but uh, yeah, he's hilarious. He's a he's an everything uh, type comedian. He's um, he's got his Twitch going with with Quiplash. He's a Second City alum, 
And uh, currently, he's the host of CBC Canada's Baking Show. Uh, last, last time I called it the big book of British baking shows, because I'm like that. Uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Alan Shane Lewis. Smooth. Oh, I can't. I can't hear you. Oh, really? Fuck. No, I'm joking. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That is what I call a podcast prank, folks. Yes. Wow. <laughs> this show's about pranks. I did, a, I did a podcast prank on Catherine, uh, Catherine Nyker, friend of the uh, pod, a couple weeks ago, and, and it wasn't nice. You know, I think she swore something. I was like, oh, my God, we got to start over. And she was like, oh, really? And I'm like, no, no, you can swear. But um, wow, that really I love not funny at all. Stakes. I was gonna say podcast pranks are very low, very low. It's like, uh, can you turn up your mic? Ah, I'm just kidding. You don't need to. Like, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I want like, it to be like. I guess what? Your mom's dead. I'm just kidding. You know, it's yeah. one of those like real stakes in there. You know. Well, we yeah. didn't have to go from zero to ten. I know, Alan. Goodness, but it's let's hard. let's bring it back. Those are my humor, baby. I'm wild. Tosh Point don't raise me. What can I say? <laughs> let's let's bring it back yeah. to. Um, am I wearing pants? LOL. Yeah. Okay. You know what? That also is really not funny. So let's keep it edgy, okay, guys? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the 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 weird soft jokes don't work. So no, we know? gotta keep it crazy edgy. We gotta keep it right, right on the precipice. Yeah. People come to this pod for weird, edgy takes. Yeah. Um, and we're going to give them some. Like my hero once said, you know, I got to keep it edgy. <laughs> <laughs> How many central raise me? I'm wild. What can I say? Hey, man. Um, and, and for anyone listening, yes, we will do an hour on UFC after uh, we do basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah. UFC and different brain pills I've been taking. <laughs> brain pills? Okay. That's a rabbit hole I need yeah. to go down. But yeah. let's let's jump on some Raptor stuff. Uh, Maddie, I know you got something delicious for me. Maybe it's weird. Maybe it's uh, esoteric. Please, good sir, give me your most beautiful Raptors sting. This sting goes out to the top undrafted player in Raptors history, Aaron Bynes. Australia's got bars. Like get a step to. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely a Stepford Wives uh, vibe uh, national anthem. I'd say. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm just saying that because I think uh, the actor Nicole Kidman was in the movie Stepford Wives, and she's from Australia. Is nice that tie where in. I'm coming from? Yep. I would say that's definitely the anthem you come up with when you're like on this desolate rock at the end of the world and you see a ship going away and you're like, uh, I, but I love Empire. And that's like the, song. that's yeah. the song you come up with for sure. It's not going to make him come back. They're going to leave. No, him. no, no, no. Matt, I got to credit you because this is the second appearance of that sting. And uh, I think you cl- you cleaned it up a little bit because it, the first time it was it was even you couldn't even figure out where it began and ended. And anyone who had tuned in for, for basketball talk had probably checked out. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Fallen into um, 12 yeah. minutes. Deep depression. Let's uh, let's. 
Jumping in, let's jump in. Speaking of which, um, Jordan, let's go to you first. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Biggest loss, Minnesota, um, followed by the biggest win uh, against the Bucks. And, Wait, are you just um, giving me. Oh, oh, you're saying, oh, I thought I thought when you said that these were the questions, I was going to pick which one was the biggest oh, loss sorry. and the biggest win, but that's okay because. No, this is just my stammering lead up. Um, okay, perfect. Perfect. No, I'm just uh, just basically, you know, it's been a, a super rocky season. And I think like these two, this this particular win and then this loss mm-hmm. is a good kind of example of like the the rocky, you know, pendulum up in nature, you know, uh, up and down nature uh, of the season. And I'm just wondering if, if there's like a through line for you in this year. Well, I'm going to give two answers, if that's possible. One is that this season has really made me re-examine my emotional relationship uh, with the Raptors and sports in general, because I get like the reason I'm on this podcast is because I think after the Boston loss, I messaged Freddie and was like, I have to do your podcast. I have too many takes. I'm like overflowing with like this rage and all these feelings. And I was, I like wanted to go out in the night and just scream Banes into the sky. <laughs> just like, hey, I was just, you still just, should. <laughs> but now it's like, Banes, come off the bench. It's fine. Uh, but I was like feverish with takes. And I think that kind of emotional relationship I have with the Raptors was fine in the seasons when we were good. You know, because it was like there was always some balance. But now that we're like a mixture of bad, I I, I am learning how I, I have to be more zen and more sort of like, because like I'm, all, I'm like within two games, I'm like trade norm, right? Like, or then, like I'm crazy. I'm all over the fucking place. So for me personally, and maybe if there's anybody else in Raptors fandom land who's like this, maybe it's a season for our own kind of personal, personal, like, you know, feelings to just, enjoy the ride and to sort of like appreciate just watching them play and watching them figure it out. And so that leads me to the second thing. And the thing I'm really enjoying watching this season and um, it's, I think a really actually positive development for the team is Freddie's mid range game. I think it's Mm. fucking nice. And it's like, we've never, it's been a while since we had like a guy, well, I guess not Kawhi would do it all the time, but like, we definitely didn't have it last season. Like somebody who would just kind of like really carve up that mid range. And it's nice to watch. And I think if we, I think it'll be quite helpful come uh, playoffs and things like that. So that's my like thing I've enjoyed watching. It's really smooth. Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think like, first of all, yes. You know, all of our relationships to the Raptors, like, you know, I, I feel like I suffered my, my darkest days. You know, I've, I've said this at nauseum on the podcast, but after the Washington sweep, um, and my kind of relationship oh, yeah. with the Raptors had to change. Uh, and I had to yeah. kind of like look at basketball in a, more, in a more kind of like nuanced, detailed way, partially to stay, to stay sane. And I think it really yes. helped me enjoy every single moment of, of being, you know, the best team for the last five years mm-hmm. in, in a bunch of ways. And I think, you know, it's hard to enjoy the moment. And obviously I'm sure I, you know, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Zen, but I think that's kind of what I'm looking for in this question, which you hit, which is also kind of, I, that's like basically like a half of my answer. That's like a part of my answer is, is Fred, his maturity, uh, the mid range. You know, I think we, we lost so much of that with surge. We, we lost so much of the playmaking with, with Mark, the, the kind of like defensive, you know, quarterbacking and coordination uh, from Mark as well. And I think those things 
we, we tried to get like a player or, a, you know, a couple players like Len and, and Baines to fill that in. And obviously they couldn't, but that growth <laughs> was always going to come internally. And I think mm-hmm. seeing that happen in real time is just super, super validating. And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk small ball in a little bit and kind of like where we're going as a core, but you really hit the money with Fred, you know, it is growth and I'll save my half part in case uh, that's where Alan's coming from. But yeah, Alan, you know, with this up and down season, where are you feeling or, you know, well, what's giving you kind of that, like that, like steady cam relaxed look. uh, I I don't know. Yeah. I think as a fan, this season has been very interesting. It's, it's, it's up and it's down. And if you want consistency, I think the, the, the main factor of consistency is being consistent and finding those kind of uh, that roster, that kind of that starting lineup that kind of makes sense, giving the opportunities to the players that make sense, giving the, letting these players figure out each other in a way that feels right. And I understand a lot of rappers or even, you know, we're all kind of waiting for that midseason trade, that one trade that's going to like fix everything. And down the line, you know, if that happens, you know, great to that but it's about getting those reps and then figuring it all out and these players figuring it all out i think that the game against the bucks was amazing because we 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 finally put up our best five players to start the game and we <laughs> didn't let them beat us in the in the first quarter we went down for a little bit but we didn't get smacked so hard that we created this hole that we had to dig ourselves out from for the rest of the game and it's amazing what can happen to a player's <laughs> confidence when you're not down 10 going into the second it switches up the dynamic you take better shots to to Foise's point you take a better better mid-range shot because you know what you're doing well you hit like two other shots in the first quarter you don't feel like you have to force something and it changes yeah. the dynamic of everything and i think that's what it comes down to the rappers actually playing the five best players on our team and figuring out afterwards like i, I think uh those other previous games or some games that we've had before we had baines or even uh chris boucher out there there, there was that uh opportunity for that second or that sixth man or seventh man to come in there and kind of like find a vibe and then eventually you know as rappers do the rapper teams do we just kind of even and balance each other out as the game goes on and then we kind of like give that effort in that fourth quarter so it was nice to find to, to, to hit a team in the mouth in the first quarter and stick around with them the entire game and then you know uh, do what we do best is, and get even better when it comes to the fourth quarter and buckle down on defense and the resurgence of OG coming back into the lineup can't go wrong with that you know it, it was really great to see that so as a Raptor fan I'm happy about what we're doing um, this season is one of those seasons where it's just like you know I'm happy just to see growth and especially from players like Freddie. Uh, it's great to see. It's great to see. Yeah. This, uh, sorry. Go, uh, go ahead. Is this when I should drop my apology or should I? As loud as the disrespect. You know, if, if you, if you, if you propose Kyle Lowry, uh, draft scenarios. You need to hand over your Raptors badge. Oh no, uh, no, no. Okay. But I would, do, I will, I will say. Okay, I do have takes on a on a Lowry trade, and I am pro it, but for different reasons. And I think okay, but is. can you, but can <laughs> but you come save? Back. Can you save some of those Lowry takes for like you know the middle of the night in Twitter? Yeah, <laughs> those will save. <laughs> but the apology I need to do is I I tweeted, uh, and this was after a, a bad Pascal game. And I tweeted something like, uh, Raptors fans are waiting on Pascal to get good the way QAnon's waiting on Trump to save them or something like that. Like, <laughs> funny tweet, which I was so torn. I was like, this is hilarious. But also, I disagree with all of this. It was very, and, and again, I, this goes back to what I was saying before, where it's like, I really had to, like, you know, realize my own, like, 
and obviously that's kind of part of sports is like taking out the, I treat my team worse than I would treat anyone that I care about in my life. You know, like that's kind of where I like, like I'm, I'm like emotionally abusive to them, which is why it's good. They don't know me and I have no effect on their life at all. You know what I mean? So, uh, so then I said, I tweeted that and you know, I was really wrong and I've been very pleased to be wrong because he's playing fucking great. And I really enjoy the way he's playing, even missing that last layup. I wasn't even mad at that. Cause I was like, man, whatever, like, it wasn't his fault. We lost the fucking, it was the team's fault that we lost to the Timberwolves. Like that one missed one. And, uh, and so going back to them, I, I, I'm leaving that tweet up there because, uh, <laughs> I can admit that I was wrong. And then like Alan said, it was pretty funny. And, uh, <laughs> and, but, uh, I am sorry because, uh, Pascal, uh, proved me wrong and uh i really enjoy watching him play and i think i get the thing that was so frustrating about it and i think the thing that he's suddenly figured out was like at the start of the season including the bubble it was so strange to watch a player refuse to play the way that he's good at like it was really like it was like he was so determined to like play in a way and I don't know what it was, if he was hurt or like he just was like convinced that he had to play in that like this kind of like almost like Dirk, like it was like so many like turnarounds and stuff and like and like shooting and not using his, his athleticism. And I found that really I was just it's like so frustrating where it's like, but this isn't what you're good at, man. It's not what makes you great. But now it seems like he's finding a, a really good balance. So maybe it was just growing pains. Yeah, so. no, I think it, it it is just growing pains. And I think, you know, kind of jumping back to Alan's point and, you know, like like taking in your your heartfelt apology, Jordan, I appreciate it. Hey, let, let me. I was sincere. I will always say I thought Darren Williams or Deron Williams, I forget the pronunciation, was going to be a better point guard than Chris Paul. So <laughs> um, that I, I don't know what to say. I really, truly I believe that at one point. Greg Oden was the truth. I was like, oh, way better than Katie. There you go. Watch. Watch my boy Gio oh, okay. take over the league. Left hand, right hand. He's, a, he's, a, he's an amazing center. And then but, Father okay. Time said no. <laughs> but just, Father just, Knees. Yeah, Father Knees. <laughs> just, just to kind of jump back in here. Out like, I think growing pains and patience is a big part of the theme uh, of this season. And I think that that comes really hard to Raptors fans because they've been poked for a long time. And it's kind of like they don't understand how they got good and eventually won. They kind of see it as like very transactional and it being this thing that wasn't about mentorship and wasn't about like losing in embarrassing fashion and growing and really like, Masai style, like hoarding right. this, this massive amount of assets, which, you know, we won the championship, which is the goal. So the, the asset, you know, the, 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 we're just, we're not as rich in assets and we're building them up again. And I think for, it, for a lot of fans, they see that as, okay, this, this has to be temporary and I, I can't handle the unknown. So theoretically, if I, if I'm as bad as possible, that's quicker to getting good, but it's not mm -hmm. right. Look at the Sixers, yeah. seven years. And I think like, it's important to understand our path was successful. And yeah. I, I think when it, in, in part, part, part of it is that it's getting in its rewriting. There's major, major kind of like, in my opinion, logic gaps or things that are kind of like unaccounted for. Um, and this all goes back to, 
I was so deeply frustrated with that Boston series because I think we didn't put our our best foot forward. And that goes back to Allen's best players on the floor. And Mm -hmm. Nurse not trusting Norm, I think, was an integral and crucial mistake uh, in that Mm -hmm. series. And Boucher. Um, and I think that's part, that was part of him getting out coached and, you know, back to like the mystery of Pascal's poor performance. I think part of that is leadership and part of that is growing pain. And, you know, I, I've gone on a bit of a rant here, but yeah. uh, Alan, Alan, I just want to kind of like direct back to this question here um, and, and get your feeling on kind of like what you think the future for this, uh, this, this starting lineup is. This, yeah, this, you um, know, and, and just a recap for for any fans who are like, "What the hell?" Um, assuming Kyle Lowry isn't uh, super injured, and I hope he's not. It's uh, Kyle, Fred, Norm, OG, and Pascal. So it's yeah. it's quite small. It's 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 a small lineup. I, I understand that, but the one thing that you get from Pascal Siakam that you don't get from Aaron Baines is that finishing touch around the rim, and it's beautiful. Just being able to not just lose the ball after a, a high pick and roll with either Fred or Kyle Lowry or Norm, anybody, anybody up top there. So we we get those actual points, which if you actually watch a game of the Raptors, Aaron Baines drops or misses some layups that like at least three a game, at least three a game, which is six points. Which doesn't sound like much, but in a, a back and forth, you kind of need that for confidence sake, because if you and miss their momentum, momentum, their momentum, their momentum crushers every, every time. Yeah. It's just, it's just seeing him go there and go, Oh, but he actually yeah. had a couple in this game, which was, which, which is amazing. Also Pascal at center now, which you know, great for him. He got 13 rebounds, 13, mm-hmm. which is great, which I'm so happy about when you get a double double from your, from your center, that's a good time. That means they're handling the board on either end and they're scoring their points. So that's what you kind of need. You need everyone kind of pitching in and doing their job for a long time. We, we didn't have somebody in that position doing their job. Chris Boucher is great. Don't get me wrong. He's great. He, he really uh, comes in there and makes the, the defense kind of uh, expand. They have to expand and because he has his gravity towards it because he has the ability to, to stroke that three in a very great way. Very great way, which is great for my fantasy team. Last place. What's up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, but I, 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 I like it. I like it. I, I wonder how many more games we can get away with doing that. Because, um, you know, when it comes down to it, I think there's going to be some moments where we're probably going to need a bruiser in there to kind of handle the Embiid's and Jokic's of the world. Because I, I love Pascal Siakam, but on defense against a Jokic or whatever, um, I don't know. I don't know what we can do. But once again, like the Brooklyn Nets say, some the best defense is the best offense. So sometimes putting your offensive uh, uh, scoring load out there can also combat combat that going down the stretch of the game. Yes. Okay. Let, Jordan, let me jump to you. And, Please. And like same question, but I just want to add on. You know, I, I was kind of curious about the sustainability of this lineup. And, like, I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Abid, Towns, all, all these big guys. And then I'm also kind of wondering, you know, how much did the Warriors care about that? And just for, you know, sample data sake, we out-rebounded that Bucks lineup with our yeah. small lineup. So I think the, the, geom- the geometry kind of changes when you're five out. And it's not really, it's like the, when I was watching it, it's like, yeah, dump it into Giannis. That's a wasted possession. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was feeling that, which I was like, no, I, I, I think, I think I, I like the small one, uh, small lineup for one, obviously yeah, five best players on the floor. Uh, I think they rebound better small because they gang rebound and they really like one Lowry, as we know, is the third best Raptor rebounder of all <laughs> fucking time, which is insane. Take that and Antonio like, Davis. <laughs> and like, but they all get in there and, uh, and the switching is very good. And as far as getting punished outside of Embiid and Jokic, I don't know how many centers I actually worry about getting like punished by, you know, like, like the, you obviously you need like a good center and like maybe Vucevic, Vucevic or whatever you say his name, like, yeah. like they're like, not that, not that there's not going to be problems, but like the one thing that we're really good at is like, Freddie is so good at that double on the center when they're, when they do the spin, it's like amazing at it. Like, like if you're center with the ball and like, and, uh, and so I really like that and on offense, and I don't know if they did this as much, but one thing I don't get about the the about Toronto's offense is I would like to see Pascal as the role man more. Like they never really use that, and, and or not 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 recently. We did last year when he was on fire, yeah. and then yeah, yeah like early early in the season. Initiator. And I guess it was kind of hard because maybe because Baines like really gums it up and he does. Uh, just by mm. just by being so big. So I like that. I, I like that too. Where it's like. Pascal and Lowry or Fred doing the pick and roll. And then you have like Norm and OG spotting up. It's like, it's, that's pretty deadly. And I just think it gives them more energy and it, and Oh, and, and this is the other thing. And going back to like with nurse and the coaching, I don't know if I, we used to give Casey such a hard time about being stubborn. Yeah. And I feel like nurse is, if not as stubborn, if not more stubborn. And the difference was he had Kawhi one season in case he didn't, you know, like Jordan, it's like, Jordan, you're talking about your growth as a fan. Dwayne Casey, <laughs> that was a big part of my growth because like, like, I, I was like, I went down the whole, you need to be fired for not playing JV. Right. And then I was like, Oh my God, JV couldn't stop a pick and roll ever in his life and we saw that in that recent memphis game right like we destroyed them in the fourth and it's like cool take your 22 and 18 you literally let us destroy your team because you're too slow and like you know that was one thing casey kept saying you know he just wouldn't play jv in the fourth and it was like i didn't see it until i kind of saw it and was like oh Mm -hmm. man casey was casey definitely for me casey derozan just so much disrespect from the casual Raptors fan. Yeah. Uh, and they, they deserve the statues of the, of the, you know, they deserve to be Raptors legends, I think, but sorry. I oh, I no, no, no. And I mean, no, that, and it's, and that's definitely, that's kind of changed my subject. Cause it's like, I was definitely someone who would rag on DeRozan just cause he was like, just so bad on defense. And it just was like, you know, in the playoffs, it got so bad. But this season, you watch, and you're like, oh, man, having someone who can average 24 points a game, like, guaranteed, is actually not – It's that's incredibly important. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> it cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like – it makes it way easier to have a winning team where it's like, oh, yeah, you have a guy that's going to get you buckets. Like, you actually need that. And so mm-hmm. – um, oh, and I guess that's another thing about this team that I think is going a little under the radar is the offense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like and I've and I was noticing that even at the start, like and they're all making a big thing about that Finch hiring, and then it kind of went away because we were bad. But when you watch the offense, there's a lot more like movement. It seems like and there's a lot more like cutting. Bembry's like a great cutter, so uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it's, it's starting just, to settle in. Sorry, go ahead, Alan. I was gonna say, just like, uh, just like watching the Raptors and then shifting to watching like another team. Like I watched, I caught the tail end of that Phoenix Nets game, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much just um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and Mikael Bridges just sometimes on the three. But they just are so like it's just so stale. They just don't move yeah. around. The ball's not whizzing. There's no uh, there. There is like an, a set idea of what this ball is going to do, and they're going to fucking do it no matter fucking what. And it, the loss on the game. When it comes to the Raptors, I feel like the only agenda the ball has it has to go into the rim, and they're figuring it out from different ways. And I like yeah. the idea where it's a very organic offense. Where yeah, I have this idea of what I want to do. But given the circumstances and what the defense is giving me, I will shift those plans and somebody else will score. And I love that about basketball, the the Raptors basketball. It's a very selfless kind of way of playing. And that's just like, ooh, it's like soccer. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. really pretty. Like that play last game where it was like Freddie drove and then kicked, I think, to the other corner. And then the ball swung all the way around back to Freddie, who had like went back out to the arc. It was like, it was like that was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah Fre- Freddie is looking super sweet out there these days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's all-star? I don't know. I mean, they, they, that was almost that, you know, that should be my third question, but I think it's actually, I'm going to stick with what the third question is because we got a bit more time on the, on the Freddie all-star campaign, because I think the Raptors being a better team is really going to help that. Like his numbers yeah. are there straight up. So I think once you see once he's like a, a you know, kind of the best player in a, on a winning team, we'll really get there. But um yeah, Jordan, you know, this kind of fits into the whole conversation, right? This, like, living with the losses and living with the wins. Andre Drummond. Ludacris <laughs> now? You know, that, that was the conversation two yeah. years ago. And it's like, looking at Norm, it's like, are we are we insane? For, yeah. for, 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 for even feeling that desperate at any point with such a rock-solid franchise like the Raptors? It's it's really funny to see like it, it, it makes you relieve that I or any other fan are is not in charge of a team. Like we would destroy a team. <laughs> no, fire Bobby Webster and you bring in Jordan Boise. Because it is crazy because I'm definitely like, you know, you watch a game and yeah, we're like Bane. Baines has this uncanny ability to not catch things that go into his hand. It's really crazy. It's like watching an ant from Lord of the Rings trying to catch a basketball. Like, he just goes like this. And every, ba- balls are always like bouncing. So, you know, watching one of those games, and I'm like, I just love the like, reference. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I like to combine, uh, you know. Yeah, shut uh, up. Uh, you got a tree behind you. So I see, I see that you love, you love trees. Huge fan These of trees. Are, this is already. Hit. Oh yeah, this is this is Freddie's a big tree guy. Yeah. And let me just shout out Tom um, Tom Bombadil, nasty Tom hook Bombadil. shot. Yeah, Tor- terrible cut from the from the movie. He really added something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I would have. So as far as Drummond, it is funny because it's like it's like yeah, like after that after the loss against the Wolves, it's like my God, we need to do something. And then after beating the Bucks, you're like, oh yeah, we need to do something. Just put Baines on the bench, start the five best players, and like. Now it's like all of a sudden Utah Utah comes back and it's like oh we're pretty deep, like right. the team the team looks good we got like enough we certainly got enough to like because here's what is, what would Drum Drummond is at best like what does Drummond do he gets he's I think he's better than the people who are like totally trashing him it seems like he's made improvements and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like wildest dreams we go into the Eastern finals with him and then Embiid puts like 60 points a game on him and destroys Drummond's like 
ability to feel pain again because there's too much. Like it's like like Embiid destroys that guy every time they play. So yeah. Jordan, I, I honestly like every piece of what you said, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with more. And I actually think the arc of you being like, you know what? Drummond is actually all right. And then being like, wait a second, Embiid would destroy him. <laughs> it's kind of the perfect journey because for me, the last stop is what do you pay this guy in the summer? And yeah. also you, you don't have Norm anymore, by the way. So you can't yeah. even debate what you maybe you would extend Norm with. So that's right. over. So now you have Drummond and Lowry and that's your off season. You're debating what you're going to pay these guys. If you're going to pay them, all that kind of stuff. And like, I think that for me, the mechanics of, of this, this, you know, trying to fix a problem and it is a problem. Um, it's kind of the tricky patient part of this season. And, yeah. you know, obviously I want a guy like Rashawn Holmes from the Kings, but he's doing a great job in Sacramento. So th- yeah. that's all, also this kind of like back and forth and you, part. But you and I were messaging about this both. And I don't know where you were on this, Alan, but both Freddie and I didn't think Baines was going to be this bad. Oh, I I knew it. I never liked Baines. I've never in his career. I was oh, like, okay. that guy would be great on my team. And I don't like shitting on players on my team. I think that's gross. You shouldn't do it. But I made an exception for this motherfucker. <laughs> getting fucking Phoenix's, Phoenix Suns trash would make your team better. Getting Alex Lynn and Aaron Baines onto your team makes you a better team. No. I think when it came down to like picking up these center plate these centerpieces that you need to have, I think Hassan Whiteside was a better option. And I think um, uh, this is the one time I will criticize the the decisions made by Masai during this offseason. I think uh, not uh, protecting a Serge Ibaka or a Marcus Saul or something like that on our team and going out and these making these last minute deals to get Aaron Baines in here was a bad idea. But yeah, I will say that uh, about Drummond specifically. I think, yeah, exactly. To Freddie, to your point, what do you do in the offseason? Because like he's got this huge contract that for sure, if we were to get it or bring it on, we'd have to trade um, a Norman Powell to bring him in. Which right there oh, is like that, I don't know that's if I just to start. That's too. the only way to do it. Looking at the contract, because oh, you got to start with Norm, and then it then it gets worse for you. Basically. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. thick boy contract that you got to do. So what do you do in the offseason? Do you keep like I think any team that brings in Drummond, it's a, it's like one of those one year rentals where it's like we are all this close to being a championship and Andre Drummond brings this much contribution to our team. And I understand certain teams will do it like a, a Clippers or a Lakers or even a Utah Jazz. Well, they don't really need it. But like a team that's already almost there, you bring him in and you do that. And you don't want to bring in a center that shoots 48 percent from the field. That's just not a good look right there. And defensively, to Jordan. Yeah, he shoots 48%. I don't know it's fine oh. up from before, but it's not great. It's I'll, not great. I'll have a look while you're talking. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not it's not a great thing that he's shooting. So it's it's kind of hard to kind of imagine an, a scenario where Drummond comes in and fixes the Raptors and all yeah. the problems because he's gonna cause new problems and bring him in. But if it was like NBA 2K21 and I can just like do some cheat shit and trade Aaron Baines for that, I would 100 percent do that. But I'm not giving away the actual value of Drummond. To, to bring Drummond in because I just don't think that actually helps her team. 47% yeah. from the field. 47%. That's a wow. big man. That's the, he's closest to the rim and he's shooting 47%. <laughs> no, That's, no, not no, good. Right. That's not um, good. You, you understand those are all threes. <laughs> oh yeah, my, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. All he yeah. does is shoot threes. Um, no, but uh, I think I think this is a perfect kind of uh, wrap up for Raptors talk, and there's some fun NBA stuff I want to get to. So um, 
Let's just do it. Uh, Maddie. if you feel like wait, we're... Wait, real sorry. quick. Or, or is this too much of a Pandora's box? As I talked about this earlier, and I wanted to defend the idea of the Lowry trade to you. Oh, God. But, but not because of anything, but because, like, I love Kyle, but I love the team when he's off the court right now because I really feel like Fred being the lead guard is better, and I like having Norm at the two. Like, I... I like what the team looks like because I feel like everyone gets to be more in a role and it's, and it's difficult because Kyle and Fred, like you were saying, are the two best players. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, but, but at the end of the day where it's like, I still feel like the two small guards at the same time on the court, ultimately, like we saw it against Boston, like at the end of the day, it's like, they're amazing. And like Lowry's a fucking King. Like he's the best rapper ever, but like, I do think I am also okay with the idea of like watching this new core grow. I think Siakam gets to handle the ball a lot more when obviously when Lowry's gone. And I think that is actually really good. And I like that look and I think it makes him better. Like you so aggressive in the fourth last game. Maybe that doesn't happen. So that's why I appreciate it. Cause I think it, it sort of makes it, it's more interesting because I'm like, yeah, let's move, let's move on because I'm intrigued by this. Yeah, this I, 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 I like what you're saying. The idea that everyone kind of steps up in that role when they're Kyle Lowry's missing, but it's kind of like you know when you have like a, a project and somebody's like not doing the work, so everyone has to like step up and like contribute. But like, how yeah. sustainable is that? Like, can we go right. a long stretch of games with Fred giving that type of output, Norman giving that type of output? It's great when he's gone for a little bit because, like, that game, 100%, you will see somebody step up on that. But in a 72 or, you know, going on to next season, an 82-game 82 season, can, can you know, the other guys do that? And, you know, some yeah. people are sprouting and looking like they're ready. Like, Fred looks like he's ready. He's almost there. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Jordan? You yes, did Freddy. you did open Pandora's box, <laughs> but yeah. in a good way. Um, yes. because I thought okay, let, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna put a button on this by saying also, I don't think there is a good way to open Pandora's box. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> the, best, be the best way to open Pandora's box is you open it and then you pass it over to me and then I put a button on it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. So just I think. That, I've been there with Kyle and Fred for a while, and there's a lot of analytics that say, you know, they're too good. It doesn't really matter. There isn't really a good enough player on our team to really have a, like a meaningful conversation about replacing one or the other. But I feel, and you know, this goes back to my first question too, the through line of the season, partially like my other half part is how we graduate from Kyle Lowry. And that's not by removing Kyle Lowry. That's by keeping him here and letting him age. And I think that by removing him, what you do is you take basically all of the kind of like, you know, the, the franchise membrane that has built Mm. up all of these years, you take all that foundation away with him. And I think that if you think you don't take it with him, you're totally got another thing coming. And I think that like you would see Fred play worse. You would see Pascal be less confident. You would see players develop at a slower rate. It would be meaningfully worse for our franchise. And that is not even really like considering him on the court as a age-defying masterpiece that we should be appreciating as fans. Yeah. So that's that's, that's, a, that's a very good point. He's like Haslam. Except yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's like he's Haslam like if Haslam was as good as Chris Paul when he was 35. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so I think like fans should appreciate that. Fans should be like, oh my God, we got Haslam, but he's like a 35 year old all-star level. Still. Yeah, no, that's a very good, I never thought um, of that way. Yeah, that's a good point, Freddie. Well, let's, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best out here. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, and it shows. Let's go to some NBA stuff, though. Um, Maddie, what's up? Please, good sir, give me that. Give me that Adam Silver Foghorn. Give me whatever you got. <laughs> Matty. This is Adam Silver. <laughs> Bew. Whoa. <laughs> I think, Matt, was that on purpose? Did you cut that when I was going to go Bion? I do. Man, no, that, that freaky Friday does, and we all switch bodies. Podcast, <laughs> maybe. Um, okay, this isn't so much about Drummond, um, and uh, I, I hope you both watch it. But ju- you know, just in case you didn't, we can we can talk about it a little bit. Um, but uh, Cleveland has decided to put Drummond, you know, on the shelf until he's traded. Uh, Detroit has decided to put Griffin on the shelf un- until he is traded. I don't think there's anyone else right now, um, but that kind of like you know inspired Draymond, I guess, for for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, to to kind of call it the double standard in how franchisers are treated when they move assets and use their leverage. And how players are kind of treated when they use their leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess just as a jumping off point, let, let me go to you first, Alan. Um, you know, are you familiar with the Draymond, uh, like with what, what what he just said? And and do you think it's right? What's your feelings on it? Yeah, I think uh, as we move into this like modern NBA, we the players have way more agency. And I am 100% about that. I think player agency is the best thing. Fuck. Uh, the billionaires who sign the checks are going to do a half the work and get, you know, uh, skirt by with a lot of these things. So I agree with them on that point. The, the idea that, that, but I don't, I don't harp players for taking that time off. I don't harp franchises for doing that type of stuff. So I'm in the, the mindset of like, yeah, do what you got to do to uh, secure uh, winning for yourself personally. And also your, your, your players and your franchises. So if you, if you got to do that type of, um, load management, then do it. If you got to rest a player because you don't want them to get trade or injured before uh, the trade deadline comes up, like Anthony Davis or anything like that, then by all means, do what you have to do for the best opportunity for your franchise or yourself and to win, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that either way. Yeah. I, I think you see summarize it pretty well. And I, I, I'm, I'm basically with you, but, but sorry, uh, jump in. Jordan. Well, I, I was just wondering, cause when I saw it, I didn't know, what like because i i agree i agree with draymond's point but i didn't know what about drum like i it seemed like the situation with drummond and the Cavs are both kind of like yeah this is probably better for both of us like it didn't seem I, I could be wrong but i didn't know if drummond was like forced to sit or as much of as like hey why don't you sit so you don't get injured and we'll like get you out of here pretty quickly like i i didn't know if it was as much like um like them like basically like put it putting like putting their thumb on him as much as it was kind of like, but I could be wrong, but that's what I didn't understand about it. I think it was, he was highlighting the difference like with, um, you know, with Drummond, like, you know, when that happens with Cleveland, I think everyone's like, fair enough, keep him healthy. 
when Harden's like, I'm not going to report to camp, people are like, arrest James Harden, please. Yeah, well, I think Um, yes. You know what I mean? Like, arrest arrest this man, please. Um, And I think it's like, you you look at the Boston Celtics and Isaiah Thomas, and I think players players really bring that up for – for a reason because he was Mr. Fourth quarter that year. It was back up the brink truck for Isaiah Thomas. And then Washington or Boston, Boston was like, you got a bad hip. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that like players are like, wow, that is like, and, and the fact That's that fan, fans are like, yeah, why would you resign Isaiah Thomas? It's like, it's like, right. Of course you don't care, but also don't you dare complain when a player does anything. Like when they have, when they exercise their agency, stand up and applaud, you know what I mean? Like if Kyrie goes missing for a week or two, say nothing, you know what I mean? Be happy with it. And I think like that, I think is this, I don't know if that's too forceful. And I also think where I kind of come in as like, I don't know how to feel is when there's like, you know, Alan, you seem more at peace with it because it's like, I, I, I guess to me, it's kind of like, you know, I want both things, but then also, there's like the contract and there's the reporting to camp and like, what about your other teammates? And like, I just like, like how do you navigate that? Yeah. With the rules being unclear. Yeah. When it, when it comes to like uh, COVID restrictions and stuff like that, I think that's where, okay, now I have a vested interest in like, what are you doing when you're not with the team? That's when I'm like, that's when we can actually have a discussion about what's going on. When it comes to like, if you're you're with the team and you're missing out on whatever and you're trying to rest yourself because like you don't want to fuck up your entire, like the way you get your money, you don't want to fuck that up right now, by all means, do what you got to do. But I don't think that's the same thing with James Harden. I think the thing with Kyrie is a little different. And Kyrie came in with kind of like a mental aspect and he had like, it's a pandemic. We're playing basketball in this weird time. By all means, take your time, but also like, you know, keep keep in mind that you have uh, an entire league and players on your team that you're trying to keep healthy as well. So like go through the pro- protocols, the proper way, go to, uh, go to the, like, the proper channels and whatnot. The weirdest thing, the weirdest thing is to be mad about a player missing a game when there's like no fucking fans. You didn't buy a ticket to this game. You just turn on your TV. Who gives yeah. a fuck who's playing at this point in time? Yeah. Relax. Okay. So yeah. let these players do what they got to do when this, this weird season, let us finish it out the, the right way. That's what I think. And just the way that, the way that the NBA, like the NBA is sort of like, you know, their PR machine has been cranked up the whole for the past, you know, uh, three years. But it's like the way they treat, they're treating the players this season. Like they're like, no, you're going to the all-star game. Yeah. You're a fucking all-star. Right? Yeah. Like you fucking all-star. Be a fucking all-star. Or see a crown on somebody's head. Like, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's just special. Like it's, it's, just, it's just, no, no, it's just you earned it. It's clockwork orange and they're yeah. yeah. mash mouth over and over. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that part's pretty. And real quick, Kyrie gets a lifetime pass for me because he said "fuck Thanksgiving" on TV, and that's like pretty <laughs> sick. That is pretty <laughs> sick. Um, okay, you know what? That's uh, I feel like a good transition to uh, you know players are awesome. I feel like we can all agree. Um, oh wait, Elsa, I, I saw oh, sorry. Uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, what's his name? Griffin was there too. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. a hard trade to do. I haven't actually been watching the Pistons play this season, so I don't know. Like, is 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 Blake Griffin playing worse on purpose to get the fuck out of there? Because as soon as he got traded there, I was like, that's a bad place for Blake Griffin. That's only going to end like like mm-hmm. poorly for him. It, or, or what's what's going on up there? Because I I think it's going to be hard to move him because he's got a contract just like Andre Drummond, where it's like what thirty eight mil, and then he yeah. but unlike Drummond, he has a player option for like 
40 mil, which for sure he's going to take because no one's going to offer him that much money come next season. So it's going to be hard to kind of move him onto another team. I don't think there's a team in this league right now that really wants to bring on a Blake Griffin in decline. So I don't know. He's also a dude that like destroyed his body for that team that one year, like when he first got traded and he, he like dragged them to the playoffs. Remember like the Pistons and he like, yeah. He like played his mind out of his mind and like that, he was great that season. And then his body was just kind of like done. I, well, maybe, he know, could be I, like, maybe he could be like the tomb, you know, where you think he's kind of done. And then you put him in a place where he's like, you know, not the key guy. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, he's still got some. And th- th- this is kind of perfect for our conversation because Griffin is a good example. I think of like someone who was like, you know, when he resigned with Clippers, like they showed him the banners, yeah. like, all these like LA legends. And they're like, do yeah. you know that we're already planning on trading you in seven <laughs> months? And yeah. it's like, and guess what? We're sending you to a place you'll never leave. And you'll never win there. And it's like, but people are like, he got his money. So what's he complaining about? And like, I think it's kind of like going back to, you know, just all all these kind of swirling points. Like I'm actually not sure I'm on my fantasy team. uh, Shout out um, to having a bad player on a bad team. Um, (laughs) And he's terrible uh, in every way. (laughs) And he's really, really killing me because I don't want to drop him because he's Blake Griffin. No dunks. But um, no dunks this entire season. No dunks. No dunks. No dunks in two years. Also, many turnovers. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, he hasn't dunked since 2019. Mm. But are people saying he turns it over 45 times a game? Because <laughs> um, he is. Uh, but um, Not a spicy. Okay, let's, let's do some MVP talk. Uh, Jordan, um, I just want to frame it like this. Uh, I feel like the last it, – it's a narrative award, flat out. And mm. I feel like the narrative early on has been like, wow, it's so impressive uh, what LeBron's doing. You know, it just can't be Giannis because he's won it twice and the playoff failures are hanging over him. Um, But, you know, I'm having this feeling kind of, and and, and maybe I'm wrong here, and maybe this just adds to LeBron's MVP narrative in his case. But with this weird AD injury Achilles stuff, I think we're kind of in a place where the Lakers – might not like they might have to kind of like take it easy a little bit and not finish in first or second. Mm. And I think that's really going to hurt LeBron's case. And maybe who knows, maybe it's still good enough, but I just wanted to preface it. And maybe you're like, sorry, no, it's pretty easy. It's LeBron, but yeah, I think it's probably, I think the, I, I guess it depends because you're, yeah, if they do take it easy, but I think it's pro. it seems like, I think the Davison could also easily help his case just because he's going to have to carry them. And then it's going to be like, Oh shit, this guy is still like the engine that drives this team. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's LeBron or I guess everyone's talking about Jokic and I I could be Jokic because those numbers are insane. Uh, Speaking of fantasy, I don't have him and I was comfortably in the lead and now I am not anymore. And I'm fucking furious. Um, (laughs) Really real tumble. Uh, so, yeah, I can see being Jokic, too. Um, they're both, like, I guess it's always, like, narratives, right? And I, this isn't from, this is from another podcast, but, like, with the, with LeBron, like, it does feel like it, it, it. this one, there's a good narrative of, like, oh, like, the returning king, like, he does, we got to give him the, like, you know, like, it's been so long. Like, I heard it was, like, been, like, t- 
it's been like 2013 since he was last named. He was even like in the race or something crazy like that. It's been like a long time. So uh, I think it'll probably, I, I just feel like it'll probably be LeBron. Just like, yeah. plus Space Jam 2 is going to come out. Like, it's really going to be a good time. <laughs> Promo right there. Yeah. That's so, the best campaign ad right there. All right. Googler fucking Duralip. Jordan, you're correct. I think that is like, you know, going going back to the, the narrative thing, it's such a, there's so many kind of like, you even just bring up like the other aspects of the narrative that are part of it, um, mm. part, part of LeBron's case. And I, I've said on the pod, I'm going to say it again, that my pick was Jokic. Um, but the Nuggets still, you know, they're 15 to 12. So that record has to keep climbing. Yeah. But, um, Alan, is, is it LeBron for you? Let me also throw in a little bit of Steph Curry. Yeah. Oh, there First we go. Off, yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that. I'm so that, that pisses me the fuck off. Steph Curry for one fucking season, and now he's the MVP. LeBron does that for like 18 fucking seasons in his entire career, but we're fucking bored of giving him an award, so we're gonna give it to Derek wow. Rose or fucking uh, Giannis. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. <laughs> that, Steph Curry gets fucking treated with with fucking kid gloves his entire fucking career, and it's fucking annoying. It's fucking you don't annoying. Like so, I don't like Tweety wow. Beats. It's soft. It's soft. He, I wow. great. remarkable year. It's fun, but who gives a shit? Your team's not doing that great. LeBron Folks, will take I, fucking Sasha Pavlovich to the NBA fucking finals <laughs> and he will get any will. fucking like award for it. So no, tired of the Steph Curry. Yeah. He is not the I MVP. Just He's doing great. Alan's- sensitive button. Yeah, <laughs> that was wild. It used to be KD, but I think, <laughs> I think the the injury made it weird. It used to be KD. Yeah, that you was the old sensitive never, spot. But I think KD it, got it, injured, it, and you're like, yeah. I don't know how to feel. I don't. I can't punch a man when he's injured like that. But yeah. if you want to give it to KD, I would be like, I would understand it. But I'm like, you're stupid. You're a stupid media person for doing that. You've wasted your vote. Good for you. But it's LeBron. It's LeBron. Uh, MVP comes down to three things. It's it's record, personal stats, and narrative. That's what it always comes down to. LeBron James has all three personally right now. And if he beats the Brooklyn Nets with arrested Kyrie and arrested KD without AD, give him the fucking award. Do it right fucking now. And if he's anywhere between four, four and up, because I, the one thing with the Lakers and LeBron, LeBron does not care about regular season shit. He doesn't like he cares a little bit like about like how you treat him and how you give him the awards and whatnot. But he doesn't care about where they're seated. And when it comes to a season where you're playing in an empty arena and there's no home court advantage whatsoever, it doesn't matter to them. So the, the Lakers are coming in with that mindset of like, we just need to get get ourselves ready for yeah, sort of fucking our, our, like June or July or whenever it's going to be. So I think it's got to be there. Jokic is a great option. I think he's doing a lot, uh, doing really great, or uh, really right there. But Freddie, to your point, the record is not right there. So he's kind of missing that, and also narrative. I think it's one of those opportunities where it's like we haven't given it to him yet. So maybe him. And I think Giannis has kind of yeah. thrown himself out this year with this like poor, perf- not necessarily poor performance, but the Bucks itself aren't really firing on all cylinders, and they're not like performing to the level that we kind of expect them to be at this point. Because Budenholzer is a great regular season coach, and this is a regular season, and he's not doing the things that the Bucks normally do. So, yeah, I got to give it to LeBron. And if you say otherwise, I will fight you. I will freeze this. Jokic's narrative is uh, revenge of the dad bod. Like, this is like, this yeah, is Jokic's that- narrative. Like, it's like, can you believe that guy just did that? Yeah. <laughs> That's the MVP of the professional league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, bowling? You're like, no, basketball. <laughs> no, yeah, his, 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 his yeah. narrative his narrative is definitely like, oh, it's the new guy. 
Plus, also, that's the new guy. <laughs> yeah. Huh. yeah. You know I mean? The guy who just broke your mom's heart just won the MVP. <laughs> like, kind of I mean, a, a picture of Giannis and him, like when, when <laughs> yeah. if you do the MVPs, you'd be like, okay, like, I didn't understand they let like obvious, like chiseled roid dudes into yeah, the league. Yeah. And then it'd be like, oh, wait There's a second. The- oh, that's not yeah. roids. That's. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that guy looks like he's a soccer fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I would see their promo, their, their promo engine, uh, images is like Giannis just fucking ripped, flexing like that, and Jokic is like trying to finish the last of a bag of corn nuts like this. Like that would be like <laughs> Giannis tapping the Jokic. Is like, <laughs> yeah. um, I think we're. He's, I, I love Jokic. He's so he's great. He's so love. great. And that like thirteen and sixteen yeah. game where he had like forty six points on three misses it's great and it does great yeah, for him insane. but i think we all did do a little bit better like we have the utah jazz type of season and they're not doing it so and, it, and it's yeah. funny that yes. we're That's not even exactly throwing a utah jazz player in there because it's it's yeah. such like a, a a murder by Man. committee quinn snyder a beautiful system kind of adopted from popovich it's a great basketball to watch if you're not watching utah jazz on your league pass go fucking do it it's really great and I'm surprised. I'm, right. I'm eating my own words because I used to shit on them. I used to shit on them. So the Jazz. I love that you, you the just jazz. recommended the Jazz like it was a uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> Second season picks up. Gets even better. Keep giving it a keep giving it a love, you know? The Jazz is yeah. a great test for NBA like like real fans versus like fake fans. So like because like mm-hmm. especially the Jazz have been good for like basically forever and they're mm-hmm. they're a team that is you know obviously they've had a lot of like playoff like failures but this team is so real it's so good mm-hmm. you know losing yeah. uh, uh, uh bogdanovich last year before the playoffs was was so deadly and i think that people want super, like simple narratives and the jazz just don't mm-hmm. offer that um so people kind of don't know how to like ingest a team that is like yeah but i don't know what to do with this team they only have five losses it's like start there um but <laughs> I, I, you know i, I, had, I know i had amir johnson or Amir johnson amir blumenfeld on the pod uh on blow the hardwood and i asked him like okay what are the 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 viewpoints of like the raptors outside of toronto because i'm really curious to see what that is and he brought up the fact that like the utah jazz these underachievers or overachievers sorry who play by committee and i was like at first i was like what are you talking about we're way better than that but i'm like are utah jazz fans like are like preaching this good word of Utah jazz. And we just didn't notice it until this season. Cause like they've been good. They've been good steadily yeah. over these past couple of years. And this is the year where they're like putting that stamp on everything. So I wonder, I wonder how it is over there in, uh, in Mormonville. I think that, cause I think the, I think that definitely always hurts them. Cause everyone like, just when you say the name, there's a little bit of dissonance in your brain where you're like <laughs> the Utah jazz basketball yeah, yeah. team. And then, like, their reputation has always been for, like, defense, right? And now they, like, play this crazy, beautiful offense. But I think people still think of them as, like, like a grind, like, go Bears, like, yeah. you know, just blocking everything. Hey man, this is this is a good ending point for you know before before we get silly in the quickest questions and, and just shout out to Utah where uh, everyone uh, I would assume assumes that the Sundance Film Festival is. Um, <laughs> It's in Salt Lake City. Wow, man. You know what? My real long setup jokes are been like big bombs. But yeah. all I can say is that. Listen, I'm going to watch it Entourage so I know exactly where it is. Cheers. You know what I'm <laughs> Cheers. You, know what I mean? you got to watch Entourage. If you're not watching Entourage once in your pandemic, you, 
<laughs> Turtles should have won an Oscar. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay, uh, Maddie, uh, I, I know I know you're there, and um, we, we might have a special guest uh, joining us for this. Oh, yeah. But um, she'll have some. She'll have a, a, a little bit of time if she decides to join. But uh, Maddie. Good sir, if you if you got a if you got a quickish question sting, please yes. give it to me. Quickish question. Hello, um, hello, Matt, and hello, Allison Johnson. Um, what one of my very favorite people in the whole world. Um, also works on uh, the big book of British. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's, Dude, I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah, you know hello? what? Yeah. But okay, I love how Allison laughed and she was like, I can't hear you. She knew I was being funny. Uh, oh, I knew. I could tell. I could tell. Uh, okay, can Allison. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if, if you and Jordan can, can hear at the same time. I can, I can hear, yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to go through some quickish questions. I'm going to read them as fast as I can. Uh, you know, I might stutter, slur, uh, misread a comma, have a stroke. That, that <laughs> doesn't matter. You have to answer as quickly as humanly possible. Um, you can't phone a friend. Uh, you can't delay. Uh, Matt, uh, I'm already looking at you. Whoa. Like you're working on your delaying tactics. Um <laughs> And I think since Allison's joining, we're going to have a, a very special quickish questions. I think, or I thought it would be fun if I do like a, a rapid fire. Um, everyone gets to answer every question. Oh my but, God. But it also means we got to be super fast. Aye, aye, aye. I, have question. I have a really, really quick question. Okay. One, are people going to actually physically see me? Is this live and is this trivia? I don't know what this is. Okay, one, way too many questions. Uh, <laughs> two, people will see you eventually. It's not live. Oh, my God. Okay, it says live in the corner, just letting you know. I know. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's live to a private video, so uh, no one can actually see it. <laughs> that Matt saves for later. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. It's now just know, your personal files. Now yeah. that we know how the sausage is made in, in pod <laughs> world, um... Let's do it. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Alan, Jordan, Allison, Matt. I'm scared. I, I hope you are, Allison. Okay. I don't know my mind. Alan. Okay. Yo. Alan. Sorry. What skills can you show off to Nick Nurse to convince him to add you to the Raptors lineup? Oh, I got a sweet guitar trick, some flips and all from Guitar Hero. So he'd love that. Okay, Jordan, what skills can you show off to uh, convince Nick Nurse you need to be on the team? Overall grit. Love it. <laughs> Allison, what skills can you show to be on the Raptors Enthusiasm! Team? Enthusiasm! Perfect, you're doing great. <laughs> Matt, what skills can you show off to uh, be on the Raptors team? Um, I'm pretty good at whistling, so I think I could do some cool whistles to call plays. <laughs> High noon whistle, love it. Matt, <laughs> I, I don't even know what that is. Alan, um, Drummond, question mark? Question mark back. <laughs> Jordan, Drummond, question mark? Where? 
I love it. It's like a, it's like one of those college. Uh, one of those, okay, you know what? I'm messing up my own joke. But like when someone's like, "Why and why not?" is the answer. Okay, sorry. Uh, Allison Drummond? Question mark. Yep. <laughs> Matt Drummond? Question mark. I'm gonna say exclamation mark. Wow. Whoa. Okay, you know what? Matt was exclamation mark. And we're going draft style backwards up a snake. Um, Whoa. Matty, which non-Raptors team are you rooting for? Non-Raptors team? Um, I think the Jazz. Yep. Allison, which non-Raptors team are you rooting for? Uh, the Clippers. Oh, my God. Jordan, uh, which <laughs> non-Raptors team are you rooting for? Uh, I also like the Clippers. Sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Alan, what, what non-Raptors team are you rooting for? Uh, LeBron James and Space Jam. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get that shit, baby. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jordan. Yeah. Why do we struggle against Boston? Uh, because of the, we have two small guards and they got like big wing guys. Allison, why do we struggle against Boston? You know, they're having a good time out there. They're having fun and we're not having fun. <laughs> Cheers to that. Maddie, yeah. why do we struggle against Boston? Because all Boston ever does to Toronto teams is rip our fucking heart out. I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah, no tea, no tea parties over here. Alan. This guy's got a lot to unload. I know. Um, look at the detail in his background. Uh, Alan, <laughs> uh, yeah. why, uh, why, why does the Raptor, or why does, uh, why does struggle against Boston? Uh, racism mostly. Racism. Okay. I'm just going to say it. Checks out. The mostly is very yeah, good in that answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> Allison. That's the wiggle room. Hi. Where is Matt Thomas? Oh, I don't know. Where is he? You tell me. Oh, Matt. this is okay. My theory. I Okay. I nope. think that That's he's. Your answer, I, Allison. I think he's depressed. <laughs> Matt, where is Matt Thomas? Um. Not a lot of people know this, but it was in his contract that there had to be a sort of shawarma coming to Tampa with the team. Didn't happen, so he's refused to play, actually. Wow. <laughs> Alan, where is Matt Thomas? Right here in our hearts. Right there. Oh, did he, did he die? No, no, he didn't. No, no. Uh, he's just not playing much. Jordan, where is Matt Thomas? He's uh, trying to learn all of the Arkell songs on guitar. So we'll play him. That is where he is. Was that a real one? Um, hey, Alan's hey, hey. Alan's in the music video for that song. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking quick. Um, Matt. Yeah. Uh, where does Norm Powell rank for all as an all-time Raptor? Uh, all-time Raptor? Boy, oh boy. I'm going to say, I'm going to put him in the top 15. Alan, where does Norm rank all-time? Uh, sober Norm out of the top 10. Drunk Norm, top 10 for sure. <laughs> Jordan, well, uh, all the norms combined, uh, you know, where do they rank? The I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go top fifteen. Like maybe he should be like out of the top twenty, but he has a lot of nice moments. That was too Allison? Long, <laughs> I think maybe top. Honestly, actually, I'm going to say maybe somewhere in the top 20 because he can get a little bit moody and then, you know, we don't know what's going on. Top 20. 
Okay, Allison coming in hard with the hmms. Um, Actually, I'm a bit sick of him, to be honest. Okay, Whoa. fair. Uh, <laughs> Alan. Um, Yo. If you had to trade Norm to get Drummond, do you do it? I would not do that. Not even in a video game would I do that. <laughs> Jordan. Jordan, would you do it? No. Allison, would you do it? No way. Matt, would you do it? It's a hard pass. I feel like this is going to be a much harder pass. Same question, but for OG, would you trade OG for Drummond, Allen? Same answer. No, not even in a video game or on uh, what's it called? I don't think I would trade Uh, OG to get my mom back from terrorists. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty intense joke, but also, you know what? It, it really, really highlights the gravity. Um, Allison, uh, OG for Drummond? Hard no? Freddie, I just want to say I love that your Christmas tree's still up, but uh, I would say no, absolutely not. I love OG. Uh, uh, Maddie, Drummond, OG. Um, well, I'm going to have to stay with OG, but I do want him to start wearing prescription uh, goggles. Oh, he's got Oh, yes. Now, uh, this one's going to start with Matt. It's the last question of the pod. Maddie, has there ever been a better raps trade than Gravis celebrate too early Vasquez for for Norman Powell and OG and Anubi? And Anubi, sorry. A better trade than that just for the Raptors? Yeah, has there ever been a Raptors right. trade? So, so we got those two guys for Gravis Vasquez. Oh dear! I mean, one, one, that, that, that's I mean because because those guys are you know such a part of the team. I, I yeah no, I think that's the top one for Grievous? Oh my god! Yeah, uh, Alan. Yeah. Was was that the greatest uh, Raptors trade of all time? I think <laughs> you know the easy answer is probably Kawhi one, but I got to say getting Andre Andrea Bargnani out of uh, Toronto for the uh, for whatever we got was probably the best trade. You know, what? <laughs> the baby. That's, that's always a good pick. Um, Jordan, was that the best Raptors trade of all time? It was in terms of talent, but I really loved the loved the Gasol trade. That was that felt like something special was happening. Mm-hmm. And his last year I know. And Memphis was like, go win a championship, daddy. Yeah. Um, I don't think they said daddy. That was weird. Uh, Allison? Um, was that what? The, was, Why did was nobody say Kawhi? That's... I mean, I, I was going to say it. If he stayed, well, if he stayed, Kawhi, I would have said it. He brought us, yeah. he gave us a championship and I just love him. And, and I know he's gone, but I still love him. Hey, that's okay. I don't care I that he betrayed too. us. Yeah, I don't think he did betray us. Um... That's it, though. That's it for the pod. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Allison, thanks for jumping in. Um, thanks for having me. Stick around <laughs> here because people want to know what you're up to, too. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for everyone who listens to the podcast. Uh, we've been growing a lot in the last little while. So uh, super preach. Uh, share, subscribe, like, you know, what all the professional podcasters say. Um, yeah, uh, Alan, let's go to you first. Uh, you know, the baking show, yeah. right? People are going to watch that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Great Canadian Baking Show every Sunday on CBC and CBC, CBC Gem at 8 p.m. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Alan Shane, on Instagram at Alan Shane, and then on Twitch at Shoeless Lewis. I'm out there, too, playing video games. So check those all out. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Um, and I'm so sorry for suggesting Steph was an MVP candidate. Um, <laughs> How dare you? How dare honestly, you? I'm gonna have a long look at myself. Um, <laughs> Jordan, what's up? Uh, you're you're out east, writing on this hour. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, check out this hour as 22 minutes. I normally wouldn't say that, but this season there's the occasional thing that people who listen to this might enjoy. So uh, check it out, and uh, yeah, check me out on Twitter at Jordan Foise. Hell yeah. And there's many, many funny people involved. Um, so, you know, support, enjoy, laugh. I've, I've, I've seen good sketches. Yeah, it's happening. Uh, it's <laughs> happening, baby. Um, Allison, what's up, buddy? Um, what do you want to what do you want to tell the world? God damn it. Hi, guys. Um, feel free to give me a call anytime. My number is 416-709-1432. I'm happy to chat about anything. <laughs> yeah, call Allison personally. Um, she's very, very talented, though. Um, she just uh, directed two episodes of this hour's 22 minutes, but she's being humble. It was wow. really fun. That's why I'm in Halifax. That's huge. Um, I thought you were just, uh, you know, hanging with Jordan, being supportive. But you know what? It's probably the other way around. You're like, oh, I'm guess I'm I'm gonna come and like I own a hotel now, and Jordan's gonna be like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Freddie, do um, we have any do we have any gift cards left for Pizza Corner that we can give them? Or <laughs> two can have a hot date. <laughs> That's like a Halifax joke. I don't understand it. I assumed they were in a Chinook. Um, okay. I had a horrific slice from there two weeks ago. Monstrous. Oh yeah, bad really slice. bad stuff there. I love yeah. bringing it up though. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for bringing it up, Matt. Um, and Matt, I love you. You're the best uh, goddamn wonderful producer with the most detailed background, uh, you know, in a Zoom Skype scenario. Like there's quite a bit going on. It's really lovely. Miniature <laughs> <laughs> village and stuff. But uh, enough rambling. That's the end of the pod. Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, please, sir, just give me those two words. Okay. Peace.